This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice to keep, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 76, entitled... When should you leave your job and go full-time in lawn care? Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, as always, each and every week. Uh, And uh, as always, I uh, wish you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business and working on building your dream of being self-employed and uh, just taking your uh, life and your uh, destiny in your own hands. So for this week, I want to do sort of go back to a previous format. If you listened to last week's episode, uh, you would have noticed I sort of squeezed two topics into uh, one podcast, and I um, wanted to see how that would work uh, by having a regular show uh, topic and then also squeezing in a review, which I did on the Shurcan. Um, and, uh, you know, the podcast overall, I'm happy with, but uh, I think uh, it just went too long. Uh, normally, I like to try to keep the episodes at a maximum of one hour, uh, but the sweet spot being, you know, between the 30 minute to uh, one hour mark. Uh, and last week's episode, I think, was an, uh, an hour and 10 minutes, uh, just trying to get all of that uh, information in, uh, as well as it, uh, you know, it was a bit of an anomaly because I spoke a bit about uh, it being the 75th uh, episode for me, sort of a milestone episode, and also uh, uh, the uh, election night and all that stuff, all sort of culminating all on that one episode. So, uh, uh, yeah, I apologize if it went a bit too long. Um, I know for myself, I just like listening uh, to them when they hit uh, roughly about that hour max. So I'm going to go back to just doing, uh, you know, one topic per episode. Uh, And if I do, uh, you know, have a review episode coming up um, uh, or, you know, I want to do a review, it'll be on its own episode uh, specifically just for that review. Uh, So... This week's uh, topic um, is all about um, knowing when uh, is the right time to leave your job and go full-time in uh, lawn care. Now, I got this question from uh, Derek, and uh, he emailed me and uh, said uh, that uh, you know he started a new landscaping company and that his wife helps out with the business as well. And he's having uh, some issues with pricing jobs correctly. And uh, he asked if I if he didn't know if there was some sort of reference pricing guide that he could use. Uh, and then uh, the second part of his question was, uh, when did you know you were able to jump out of, on your own and do the business full time? He says, I make more doing uh, the business, but I feel that I need a little more time to see how things play out for us before I leave my job says your feedback will be helpful and uh, uh, he says uh, feel free to call me and he leaves this phone number uh, so this episode you know as soon as I read that question I was like what a perfect uh, topic for the podcast now uh, just to touch on the first part of his question as far as pricing jobs go um, and asking if there's a reference guide or something for pricing uh, there isn't any sort of reference guide that I know of uh, for pricing jobs and it's you know you basically uh, are gonna have to learn this as you go uh, and doing your own research um, you know for one um, you know I'm in Canada on the west coast of Canada and you know, geographically, the different areas are going to be completely different uh, as far as what uh, pricing certain jobs will be. Just look at, um, you know, the 
the big widespread in pricing just in lawn mowing. You'll see, um, you know, guys mowing lawns for, you know, sometimes even $15, $20. You can have a, a kid down the street mowing your lawn for $5. Whereas, you know, if a company comes by, uh, you know, and uh, it can range anywhere from maybe thirty, forty, fifty dollars, depending on you know the sizes of the lawns and the obstacles in the way and all that sort of stuff. So there's not really, um, there wouldn't be really an easy way to uh, have a a sort of a pricing guide. There's just too much into it, um, and uh, you know. Even with consumer products, if you look at, say, the latest uh, iPhone and stuff, depending on where it is, um, you know, in different countries and things like that, it's going to be a different price because there's a lot more to uh, getting that product there and shipping and all that sort of stuff and uh, things that can affect uh, the price effectively in those different uh, uh, countries. Uh, so it's the same with lawn care and, and any sort of thing geographically, uh, your prices are going to be different. And I would suggest that the most important thing to this aspect is to figure out, uh, first of all, um, you know, what your expenses are going to be to actually run your business, uh, you know, figuring out what your, for example, what your cell phone bill is and what your internet for your you know home if you're doing uh, research and what your uh, gas and fuel bill estimations will be. Now, if you've done you know uh, any sort of uh, of this in the past and you have maybe a year or so to look back on, this is going to be easier, obviously, because you have um, uh, some numbers to go. If you're just starting out, then you're going to have to really uh, sort of uh, give your best estimates on what you think you're going to spend on this stuff for the first year. And that's all part of the learning experience. You know, as you go on in the lawn care, um, you know, past that first year, then you uh, can adjust your prices accordingly. But the most important thing, like I say, is you have to figure out what you're actually spending um, to provide the service that you're providing. Uh, you know, the insurance costs, the fuel costs, the cell phone bills, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then you want to figure out you know, what that costs you, you want to, um, you know, figure out uh, as well what you need, you know, if you're the primary uh, income for your household, your family, what it costs you uh, with your house bills and, uh, you know, your mortgage payments or rent, uh, heating and electricity and all that sort of stuff, putting food on the table for your family, hopefully having some money aside for savings, you want to figure all that out and come up with a uh, hourly rate based on that and based on the season in your area. So if your season is seven months or 10 months, you know, you can then divide all those numbers. You add all up, up all those costs together of what it, uh, you know, what your estimate for uh, running your business for the year will be. And, and also, you know, what you need, um, over that to survive, uh, you know, with your family and all that sort of stuff. And then you're going to figure that all out and divide it all into uh, basically take it all the way down to sort of an hourly rate that you can figure out and know what, you know, what you require, uh, as an hourly rate to work basically, right? What will, you know, you need to be paid each hour to be able to pay off that insurance, uh, you know, those cell phone bills, um, the fuel, and then have money left over as a profit that you then use for your household, your family to put food on the table, pay your mortgage, your rent and all that sort of stuff, and hopefully have a little bit left over for savings as well. And that is, you know, only the only real way to do it. And every company is going to be uh, different because of the um, you know, what a single owner operator can do versus a large company, uh, you know, a larger company is going to have a lot more bills and they're going to require, um, more of an hourly rate, uh, to be able to effectively pay those employees and the, all the excess of overhead, you know, if they have, uh, say, um, customer service reps that answer the phones and all that sort of stuff. And maybe they have multiple crews and crew chiefs and, uh, multiple pieces of equipment. And, uh, maybe they're paying leases off on all that equipment. You know, the prices are going to be completely different. 
Uh, and as such, you know, it really is trial and error and figuring out on your own uh, what effectively is uh, the best pricing guide for you. Um, there is no standard sort of issue uh, and you have to uh, basically uh, pay your dues and figure it out. And I mentioned in my email back uh, to Derek that, you know, I'm still trying to figure out sometimes. And at certain times of the year, I still find myself making mistakes. Uh, for example, if, uh, you know, coming off of a winter uh, where I've been uh, effectively, you know, at home, uh, resting, not doing lawn care and all that sort of stuff, and then you get back into the spring, those first few calls for um, not so much uh, lawn mowing, although it has happened once or twice with lawn mowing, but more with power raking, doing complete lawn rentals and stuff like that, I'll go out and go do a quote. And there's been plenty of times where after the winter I go and I end up under quoting because I, I'm not in the mindset of, uh, you know, doing those particular jobs at that time. And it's been a bit of a break, maybe three, four months of not doing any sort of lawn care. And I forget sometimes just how much uh, work and effort it is. Um, you know, sometimes I don't, uh, uh uh, realize other things like maybe the uh, uh, dump fees at your local dump have gone up, um, you know, or um, factoring in the prices of uh, maybe fertilizers and things, increases in prices and those things, uh, you know, and then ultimately you quote those first couple of jobs. And you go do them and you go, okay, you know what, I didn't really make uh, what I needed to make on this job. Uh, so you adjust uh uh, from there forward. And I always say, you know, the first, the actual early birds who call me in for uh, quoting and stuff each year usually end up getting a bit of a deal because, uh, you know, you're just not in that mindset, in that flow. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's really helpful to uh, keep really detailed notes on your past jobs and stuff. And like I say, over the years, obviously, I get better and better at it and get closer and closer. Um, but I always tend to find that uh, as the, uh, you know, spring progresses, my prices seem to go up, uh, each and every, uh, uh few weeks, uh, as I sort of find that sweet spot of, uh, you know, balancing the costs and, uh, my profit levels. So I would just say, uh, you know, maybe ask around, ask other guys in your area, uh, or ask your customers what, you know, uh, I always ask when I'm quoting jobs what the last, you know, if they had a service before and what they were charging uh, that. And obviously you can't really uh, compare um, exactly because, like I said, companies are different and they require, but it sort of gives you a ballpark figure to figure out uh, what your pricing can be. But the most important thing is to actually f sit down, figure out your costs of doing the business uh, and uh, going from there and figuring out what that hourly rate is and what uh, your, uh, you know, what you require sort of profit margin uh, to come out ahead and to actually uh, make it a worthwhile venture. I think there's just way too many people that, um, you know, you see it a lot on forums and Facebook groups and things like that, where people will ask, uh, you know, how much do you guys all charge for this? And that's it. There's no details about anything else, about where they live, what area they're in, uh, how much, uh, you know, trimming is involved or anything like that. And you look at those types of questions and go, that's not an effective strategy um, for, um, you know, becoming a successful business, um, because you have to know your numbers. Uh, being in business is all about numbers and, uh, you can quickly go along, uh, day after day, month after month, uh, and, uh, think you're, um, you know, a successful business person and being all excited about it. And then you sit down at the end of the year with your accountant or by yourself and you go and do your taxes and you'll quickly uh, get a wake up call and figure out that, you know what, I would have been better off uh, working at McDonald's for uh, minimum wage uh, by the end of the year and uh, would have made about the same uh, amount of money than 
you know, what you're doing uh, in lawn care if you quickly do not know what your costs are, right? You end up spending way more uh, on your uh, actual costs versus coming in because you're, say, trying to be the uh, the best price to get work or, or all that. And where you'll find out that you're wake, working way uh, more hours uh, for the same amount of pay as, say, working a job like uh, flipping fries at McDonald's, flipping burgers at McDonald's, uh, that sort of thing, right? Uh, so uh, that would be uh, my only advice as far as that and pricing guides and stuff is that it's trial and error. You're going to have to figure it out, out on your own. You will make mistakes in the beginning, but you learn from them. And that's the most important thing is just knowing your numbers, make sure you go over your numbers and figure them out as quickly as possible. If it's your first year, it's going to be all based on estimates. But as months go by, you can, you know, there's nothing set in stone. So if you're, you know, just starting out your business and you're uh, doing a particular job and you don't make money on it, uh, you adjust for the next job. There's nothing set in stone. You're the boss, you own the business. So you just constantly evolve, constantly adjust those prices and keep going until you get to that point where you start to figure it out and you'll get into a flow. And with me, at least, um, there's, uh, you know, jobs where I know I can look at a certain neighborhood now and, uh, you know, each year, uh, for example, those lawn rentals and stuff, when I'm doing say, um, a package together, I call them a lawn rental, but basically it's, uh, uh, putting a moss control down and then uh, power raking, disposing of all the debris, uh, aerating, uh, overseeding uh, or reseeding the entire lawn, uh, putting a starter fertilizer, putting lime down and then top dressing the entire lawn. I put that together as a package called the lawn rental. I've been very successful uh, doing uh them every spring I do at least you know some years 15 to 20 of them uh, each year and uh, you know they range uh, you know in the beginning when I think back to when I first started out I was probably charging about $600 or so uh, to do that complete package or so now uh, in because I'm working you know in the neighborhoods that I'm working at the houses and uh, property sizes are typically about the same uh I know they all average now between twelve to fourteen hundred dollars before tax, and you know that took years and years of experience of getting to that point to say walk up to a lawn and go okay it needs a lawn reno this is why this is what we'll do thirteen hundred dollars plus tax, um, and uh, you know that just comes from experience of doing it over and over again year after year to know that those are what my costs will be. I know how many times it takes me typically. Uh, it's three trips for me to go to a house to do that. The first being the moss control. Then I wait a week for that to uh, take its effect. Go back, I do the power raking and the aerating and then uh, you know, dispose of all that stuff, and then I'll come back again a third time with a load of uh, soil and do the remaining reseeding, fertilizing, uh, and uh, top dressing and all that. <clears throat> so you sort of get it down to a science the more and more you do it, and uh, you figure out and you see what your profit will be. Uh, so that uh, sort of covers that first part of your question. Uh, I'm just going to take a break for the podcast announcements, and then we'll get back into the second part. All right, stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this. Even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so the second part of Derek's question uh, was when did uh, I know to leave uh, my uh, job and go into... Uh, lawn care or the lawn care business full time. 
Uh, and uh, I emailed Derek uh, back an answer. So I'll just go over uh, basically what I said there. And essentially, I said to him was, when your day job starts to get in the way of your business, that's when you know that it's time to um, quit your day job. Now, for me, when I started in lawn care, and I think I've told this story a bunch of times, initially, um, when I first got interested in lawn care, it was when I was working another job and I was delivering uh, auto parts and I was driving through different neighborhoods, getting to, uh, you know, service stations and things like that, delivering auto parts for a car dealership. Uh, and uh, I would see uh, these um, landscapers working at these homes. And, uh, you know, I told the story how I saw that and saw the freedom of them uh, going and doing what they wanted or what houses they did uh, on their own schedule, taking breaks when they needed, um, you know, uh, and I just saw it, found it to be so appealing. And, um, you know, when I started to get interested in that, I, I think I've told the story as well as how as I made some flyers up. Uh, for lawn mowing and uh, you know even then you you want to talk about uh, being a total noob uh, and uh, you know having no idea and being green in the industry uh, I think my flyer said something like lawn mowing $15 and uh, you know that's crazy to think of now um, that uh, you'd charge $15 uh, by the time you drive to somebody's house and get your lawnmower and stuff out. But I was doing it on the side. I was just dabbling in it to see if it was something that I would like to do. And I was using just the regular homeowner lawnmower that I had. It was like a three and a half horsepower MTD uh, lawnmower that I got, you know, from Home Depot or whatever that I used on my own house. It wasn't self-propelled or anything. I had a, um, uh, literally a green, uh, a weed eater brand, uh, you know, $99 gas trimmer that I had used at my own house is like the tiniest, I think they even called it the feather light or whatever is like the lightest, cheapest little, uh, two stroke, uh, tr curve shaft trimmer that you could get. Um, and I was using that on my own house. And, uh, like I said, effectively was like, let me try. I didn't even have a blower or anything. Although I think at one point I did buy a, a, a weed eater brand again, um, a blower, handheld blower uh, to use. And uh, I put out these flyers, went around, drove around some neighborhood neighborhoods, not even really um, with any sort of plan. I just kind of drove around and saw a neighborhood I liked and would go to like the telephone, wooden telephone poles. And I would just staple up my flyer. And uh, from there, I got a couple calls and uh, went and effectively, uh, you know, did some uh, lawn mowing on the side. Nothing um, fancy. You know, I only picked up maybe a handful of customers, one, two, to start that sort of thing. And just did it uh, on the side once a week. Would go out to these homes and mow their lawn. And, you know, the person pay, would pay cash and all that sort of stuff. Nothing too serious, just uh, dabbling, seeing if it was something that I would uh, be interested in pursuing. Uh, from then, things kind of changed for me, and I uh, got a, a job um, at a um, vehicle emission testing station. Uh, here in British Columbia, we had a, a program called Air Care, and uh, you had to uh, have your vehicle's emissions tested every year. Um, for older vehicles and every two years for uh, newer vehicles um, to be able to renew your car's insurance. Uh, so, uh, you know, I got this job and basically my job was just uh, to drive around and, um, or sorry, not to drive around, just to uh, uh, effectively test uh, the vehicle's emissions. So we would, uh, uh, cars would be put on a dyno. And uh, we would put a uh, testing probe in the tailpipe. And effectively, I would have to drive the vehicle uh, on uh, a dyno and uh, follow sort of, uh, I'd have a, a computer screen uh, in front of me, in front of the windshield of the car. And uh, I'd have to follow sort of a test uh, uh, pattern of, uh, you know, accelerating and decelerating, that sort of thing. So I got that job and it paid actually pretty good. It paid double what, uh, uh, you know, 
the last or previous job that I had, which was, uh, um, you know, I think it was seven or eight dollars an hour. And then uh, when I got this job uh, at the testing facility, I was uh, making upwards of seventeen dollars an hour. So for me, it was a big, uh, a big um, step forward. But like I've mentioned before, uh, through uh, other episodes, uh, what effectively made me uh, want to leave this, uh, you know, higher paying job was just the office politics. Uh, it always drove me nuts. Um, the, the office, office politics. And, you know, it was shift work. Uh, and even to the point where, you know, I did some, um, studying on the side and passed some, uh, exams and stuff and became a, uh, a supervisor for the place. And I would have to open in the mornings and close, uh, in the evenings at times. And effectively still, I wasn't a full-time employee. I was still just a part-time employee at this, uh, testing station. Uh, but I've told the story again also when uh, my wife was going to have uh, her baby, how I, um, uh, you know, took time off knowing that it would be a C-section, a scheduled C-section. I knew months in advance when this was going to happen. I effectively took my holidays at that time and a week before they had to fire somebody uh, else and, uh, you know, were trying to tell me then that I couldn't take my holidays because they'd be short-staffed, even though, uh, you know, this was uh, months I had previous that I had booked it. And it was, you know, a medical procedure for my wife and she wouldn't be able to walk around with a newborn baby or even pick up the baby and all that sort of stuff. And it was that, uh, you know, the amount of stress that they put me in uh, saying effectively that if I didn't show up for work, uh, that I wouldn't have a job. You know, here I am, a a father of one with another one coming on the way. My wife uh, basically going to be incapacitated uh, from this surgery. And here, effectively, I have my employer telling me that I'm not going to have a job if I don't show up. Um, You know, it really put me through some sleepless nights and put me in a bind. And I remember saying to myself that I will never, ever work for anybody else again. Uh, and that I would become my own boss. And that was uh, the spark, the fuel that started my uh, sort of uh, destiny on this. And I uh, also explained how I've always been entrepreneurial um, and had other ideas and other uh, businesses that I had run, but it was always on the side. It was always just a a sort of a side thing that I could do because my jobs were always uh, part-time up to that point. So uh, with, uh, when I decided to go serious and, uh, with the lawn care, uh, I had seen these, uh, lawn care companies go around and, and one of them was a franchise and I would see more and more of their trailers around and on the back, it said, uh, franchises available, you know, uh, inquire at, and the phone number. And I decided to uh, drive around or behind one of these guys. And when they pulled over, you know, I got out and, uh, went and uh, talked to them before they were about to start their next lawn and asked them uh, about the franchise and stuff. And he was very, very friendly and uh, answered all my questions, took some time out, answered all my questions about the franchise and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, I went home and I talked to my wife about it. We did some research. We called the uh, franchisor and ultimately, you know, within a month or so, we decided to uh, go ahead and purchase the franchise. So even then with a um, you know, a large investment, um, to buy this franchise and, uh, you know, the equipment package and a brand new trailer and all this sort of stuff, you guys, you can probably imagine it costs, it costs quite a, a pretty penny. Um, and, uh, even with that, um, I decided to keep my, uh, uh vehicle emission testing station job at least for, uh, that uh, foreseeable future because, uh, and, and granted the franchise even had a, um, income guarantee that they would guarantee that you would make a certain amount of income. I think at that time it was a thousand dollars a week that they would guarantee that you would make a thousand dollars a week, um, or else they would, uh, top you off the difference. Um, so, you know, you would read into that and stuff. And I would, I, I figured out later, later that what they did was, Basically, if you, um, you know, if they couldn't supply enough work for you uh, to hit that sort of thousand dollar a week threshold, what they would want you to do is you would go out and offer free lawn mowing. Uh, So you would go door to door and just ask uh, people if they would want their lawns mowed for free. And you would just take their explain that you're new in the business and 
I would explain that I'm new in the business. Um, you know, I, uh, I just bought this franchise. They offer a guarantee for me an income. So what they do is until they can offer or, or get me enough uh, work, they pay me the difference in um, the way of having me go do free lawn mowing. And for each house that I mow, they will pay me $25. Um, and all I need is your name and phone number for them to confirm. And there's no pressure. They're not going to, you know, try to bother the person to uh, continue service or to uh, do anything like that. It's an absolutely free lawn mowing. It just gets the trailer out here in the neighborhood where other neighbors uh, will see it. And, uh, you know, it's just basically advertising. Um, So even with that, like I said, even with the income guarantee and all that, I decided to um, keep my my part-time job. And I was working at it... um, you know, uh, a few days a week. Now then the thing that I thought, at least with this particular job was that especially on the weekends, because it was a vehicle emission testing station, we would have sometimes, you know, a few hundred cars, uh, lined up waiting for testing, uh, especially on a Saturday, people could be there, uh, for, you know, sometimes going as much as 90 minute wait, uh, waiting for their vehicles to be uh, tested, be huge, uh, lineup that kind of curved uh, around this driveway along the property with cars kind of spilling out onto the street and sometimes a few, uh, uh, you know, halfway down the road or so uh, waiting to uh, get in because a lot of people would put off their testing um, till the very end and then would realize, hey, I can't get my insurance. It's due today or whatever. I got to get the car tested before I can get insurance. So it would typically happen every weekend with cars uh, being lined up ready for testing. So I thought, hey, you know, if I'm working here, um, you know, I could have my trailer hooked up to my truck parked in the parking lot here. And I would effectively be having this billboard sitting here with all these people that are sitting here for 90 minutes, uh, to be, you know, all around, um, and give them something to look at, give, you know, my trailer with all its advertising and services and all that stuff and the phone number and everything there, uh, for them to look at. So I did that for a few months. Uh, but it's essentially when my business went, um, you know, started to get really, really busy. Um, and I think it was, uh, in the following spring. Um, now I started my business late. It was, um, you know, at the end of August when I finally purchased the franchise. So, you know, basically the tail end, you know, I got a handful of customers, was doing those free mows and stuff through, uh, September, but essentially the lawn mowing ended there. And, uh, then I was just doing, uh, sort of sporadic jobs, doing, uh, some Christmas lights, um, you know, some uh, leaf cleanups and things like that. But it was definitely obviously a slower, um, time of year to, to get started. And uh, because of that, obviously, I just kept my uh, part-time job and was working towards the uh, goal of eventually leaving uh, the franchise. So that carried me through the that winter. And then come spring, uh, I have to say that that first spring, um, you know, I couldn't keep up with the amount of work that was coming in uh, through um, the lawn care business. Um, you know, those times where it was just like, uh, you know, trying to catch a breath. I was driving everywhere, doing quotes and then fitting in the jobs and doing, you know, one-off uh, lawn mowing jobs and, and signing up uh, weekly customers and you know, doing a whole bunch. And I was obviously a, a, a lot younger than what I am now, 11 years ago, um, and had a lot more energy than I, I do now. Uh, it's amazing what a decade um, can do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was just doing just about everything I could. Anything that came in, I was doing. And with a franchise, you could have, they had sort of a list of, you know, what they offered. And each individual franchise could put their name on the list for certain services. So if you weren't comfortable doing a, um, say, gutter cleaning on a two-story house, then you didn't have to offer that service. And if a call came in for that, they wouldn't send you out that call. They would send it to somebody else who who uh, effectively wanted it. And you had territories and all that sort of stuff that you got the first right of refusal to work in. 
So, you know, if a, a customer in your territory, your your protected territory called for lawn mowing and you were on the list for that, then obviously you would get those jobs. But if something, uh, a customer called in your territory and it was something that you didn't want to do, like the uh, gutter cleaning or something like that, that you, you might not be comfortable with, then as long as you had told them that you weren't on the list for that, then they would put it out to the next closest franchisee who was comfortable doing that would then be allowed to come into your territory to offer uh, or do that service for that uh, client. Um, so after that uh, spring, because I was on for uh, every service, uh, I was doing everything uh, imaginable, um, you know, it got busy very, very quick. And for me, um, that's when the part-time job of being the supervisor at this, um, you know, uh, emission testing station. And even though it was a, you know, a pretty uh, easy job to say, you just sit around driving cars all day on a, you know, on the dyne testing them. Um, And, you know, eventually it would turn into a full-time position. Um, There was also, um, some rumors at that time that the government was going to scrap the program altogether because, um, as years go on, um, you know, less and less older vehicles were being left on the road, uh, and they were being replaced with newer vehicles that had much more sophisticated, uh, emission testing, uh, you know, pollution devices and things on them and, um, were, less likely to uh, pollute over the course of their lifetime. Um, so, uh, you know, at that time, it was just a rumor uh, that they were going to close the station. So I started to also see besides the, um, you know, uh, office politics and the things that I had done. And now, you know, this investment that I made, but I had seen that, you know, this is starting to pay off here, that this business is taking off. And it looks like as well that this job isn't uh, uh, going to last anyways. Um, you know, because, you know, there was always that idea too, that I could always keep my emission testing job uh, as a part-time position one or two days a week and just work around uh, the lawn care schedule around it. And, uh, you know, then through the winters go kind of back to full hours at the emission testing station. But like I said, it started to get in the way and, uh, you know, it was starting to be like, okay, well, now I've got this, uh, say, even back then, a lawn reno job that I can do for you know, even though I was uh, sort of underbidding them or whatever, uh, say at $600. Um, but you know, I've got to work at the other job this week, uh, three or four days. Um, so, you know, and I'm going to make, uh, you know, say $120 a day working at that, that the other job. Well, it started to become a no brainer that well, now I'm leaving money on the table because, you know, I'm trying to schedule around this person might not want to wait, they want to get moving on it fast, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. And I could make that money right there quicker in less time than working the three, four days, eight hour shifts at this other job. Uh, so that's effectively for me, what made the decision was, you know what, it's my day job is getting in the way. Now, the other big aspect to this was that my wife uh, has a good job and she has had a good job for the past 20 years. She's a uh, elementary school teacher. Um, so she gets, f- you know, full benefits, really good medical, uh, plan on top of the, uh, in Canada here, we have sort of the, uh, uh, standardized healthcare where everybody gets, uh, uh, healthcare here, which is fantastic. We don't have to pay, uh, you know, anything to go see a doctor or to go to the hospital emergency room or have surgeries or anything like that. It costs us absolutely nothing. Um, but there are certain services that aren't covered. Uh, for example, uh, dental work, uh, or seeing your dentist, um, or say, you know, my daughter got uh, braces, that's not covered. Uh, that sort of stuff, stuff that's not life threatening, um, or, you know, uh, injury wise, um, you know, to your actual body, like, uh, like say a broken leg or, or things like that. Um, so you have insurance for that. Uh, and a lot of uh, companies will provide that. So my wife has a, a great benefits plan with her, um, uh, um, 
a teaching job, which offers the extended health is what they call it here. Extended health. Cause everybody's got basic health care for free. And then the extended health, um, is, uh, what's uh, covered for those other things. So in some cases, you know, like, uh, the braces and things like that, or, you know, they might, um, or the dental, like if I see my dentist, uh, because of her benefits, 80% is covered uh, under her benefits. So I pay the additional 20% to go see my dentist. So uh, for a dentist visit or whatever, I pay just 20%. Um, and depending on what it is, uh, some of the benefits uh, are a hundred percent or things, you know, and depending on your employer and the, uh, say benefits plans, they can range, right? So some people might get a hundred percent coverage on their extended health and sort of stuff. So for us, that was another thing to take into consideration was that um, because of my wife's job, her uh, benefits obviously extend to her family. So her husband and her children. So we're all covered under her extended uh, health for those extra services. Uh, otherwise, we would have to buy a uh, extended health plan for that to cover those things that the, uh, you know, um, government health care does not um, uh, supply. Uh, so, you know, that would be the only thing that I would um, really take into consideration in the situation if you're in somewhere uh, that does not have uh, government uh, health care, uh, like the United States or something. I know I don't even want to get into um, Obamacare and all that sort of stuff. I have no, obviously not being an American citizen, I have no idea how that works um, or, or what, or if it's uh, anywhere as good as the Canadian healthcare system in that sort of sense, uh, which is fantastic, despite, um, I know I've heard, uh, uh, you know, leading up to the election, Donald Trump talking about uh, uh, what a, uh, uh, a mess the Canadian healthcare system is and all that sort of stuff. And I can assure you that uh, that was uh, one instance of him blowing smoke. Uh, that uh, the Canadian healthcare system is fantastic, and uh, it's probably one of the best things about living in Canada. And uh, I don't think there'd be one uh, Canadian resident that would complain to you about uh, the Canadian healthcare system um, in that respect. So I'm not sure, like I said, I want to get into the politics of it and all that sort of stuff. But if you know, you're in a country that doesn't have healthcare, um, then, uh, you know, that is government supplied or that you have to go out and purchase insurance and stuff, or that maybe your job currently provides insurance for that would be, uh, what you would have to weigh in to, is it worth leaving your job to do your, your, um, business at this time. For me, it was an easy choice because it was, uh, you know, all about, uh, the clients and all that sort of stuff. I didn't have to worry about that, uh, aspect of it, uh, for my family. Uh, but for, uh, guys out there starting out, um, you know, if you have a wife, if you have kids and all that stuff, then you have to obviously take that into consideration. If you currently say have a factory job or something like that, that, uh, provides you with healthcare, then this is going to be a major consideration for you. And you have to really take that to heart to see, is there a way that you can maybe, uh, at least in the beginning, hold on to that job and still get those benefits. Um, and in some cases that might not work. If you go down to say a part-time position, they might not uh, offer that healthcare uh, coverage anymore. Uh, so, you know, at which case, you know, you're back at square one in deciding because you're going to have to uh, now put out uh, that money to purchase your own private uh, health care insurance anyways. Uh, but I would say as a general rule, uh, like I said in the email to Derek that, um, you know, the moment that your uh, business starts to get in the way of your um or sorry, the moment that your job, your day job starts to get in the way of your growing your business um, would be when I would start to consider if you can uh, go along and keep that day job, especially if it's a part time position to start with, um, like, you know, for me, how it was for me, um, obviously, it would have been a lot more difficult for me um, if it was a full time position that I was starting out at. Uh, to 
be able to leave that uh, uh, part-time job because, or sorry, that full-time job to do the lawn care uh, to start with. Because number one, your hours would be reduced um, for the amount of time that you could do the um lawn care business. For me, it would be basically the Saturdays. Um, I would probably be way too tired at the end of the uh, work day to go out and do lawns after. Although I know that there's some people that uh, I've seen on Instagram and stuff like that, that do that, that go and work a day job and then uh, go and do lawns uh, for a few hours after work uh, in the evenings. Um, but for me, it would have been basically Saturdays. Uh, the Sundays, I've never really liked working on Sundays. I like to keep that as the family day and with young kids and stuff like that. You know, what's the point of, I know sometimes you have no choice and you have to go out there and work and, you know, to make ends meet and all that sort of stuff. But if you can afford, uh, to have that time off, um, and spend time with family, as you guys know, from uh, just listening to the show and stuff, um, you know, go back all the way to one of the first few episodes of, uh, uh, you know, defining success. I think it was episode number two, uh, or number one. Uh, and, uh, you know, what that means to me and what that means to me is spending time with my family. That's when, uh, for me, uh, it's being a success. If I'm working, um, you know, every working daylight hour and I never get to spend time with my kids and my family, my wife, uh, and, you know, whether it's just sitting at home on the couch, uh, with them, uh, or outside kicking a ball around or something like that, then, um, you know, it wouldn't matter how much money I was making if, uh, you know, I didn't get to enjoy, uh, spending time with them. For me, that's the most important thing in life is spending time with my kids and my wife and, uh, you know, just, uh, um, enjoying each other's company. Life is just way too short. Uh, it goes in a flash and, uh, you know, I still remember the day, uh, you know, my first, uh, uh, my daughter was born, my first child. Uh, and, uh, to think now that, uh, she's already, um, you know, halfway through high school, uh, she started grade 10 this year. She's, she'll have her, uh, be able to, you know, have her driver's license next year. It's just mind blowing to me how fast time went. So for me, that's the most important things is that, uh, 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 spending that time. So, you know, that all weighs in and having that, uh, time to be able to run your business, uh, and still have time for your family. So for me, like I say, it worked out because, because in those first few months, because it was just a part-time position. So I could do the lawn care to start on the days off. If you're in that situation where it's a full-time position and, uh, you know, doing the lawn care means working on those other days, there's just so much to play in. All I can say is you'll know, you'll know when it's time to uh, move on and time to go out on your own and quit that job. Uh, like I say, it's when it starts to get in the way of your, um, your business and starts hampering its growth and you start seeing that, you know, instead of making, uh, you know, $8 an hour, $10 an hour, $16 an hour, like I was, or $17 an hour, um, you know, you can be making and turning around $60 an hour mowing lawns and doing all that. Um, it is just a no brainer. Uh, and yes, it's only a seasonal job, but when you consider that, that it, you know, you're doing that $60 an hour, um, over that, uh, you know, maybe 10 month period, you're still making way more money than you would, uh, working that, uh, other job for even $16 an hour all year round. Um, so, you know, you can afford to, like I have over the 11 years is take the winters off. Basically. Uh, yes, I have done jobs, uh, as far as snow removal and things like that when, and if that comes around. Um, but for the most part, you know, I've basically take the three months off, uh, and uh, it's just been because of the budgeting and and being able to uh, make that higher income during the uh, actual lawn care season. Uh, so I hope that answers your question on when it's a good time to or when you when do you know to leave your job um, and uh, move into your uh, business full time. 
Uh, like I say, I can only speak from my experience of, of, uh, you know, how it happened for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I knew, I knew, uh, obviously it was my goal. I had made that promise to myself earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, if I, uh, had waited to purchase my franchise until the spring to get started, um, I probably would have left my job sooner because it would have uh, been through that sort of explosive period of all the calls coming in and, and just being overwhelmed with the amount of work uh, instead of when I started uh, the f- uh, previous year uh, at the end of August, sort of the tail end of the season. Um, you know, so it basically let me, uh, because it was a part-time job, I basically kept the job through that winter and then finally uh, I let go of it uh, uh, in that following spring uh, once things just got uh, too overwhelming uh, with the amount of work that was coming in through the lawn care. So hopefully that helps. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, I think uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, listening each and every week. Um, if you guys could please um, leave a review on iTunes. Um, it's been, uh, I think a little bit since the last one, uh, was left. So I'd really appreciate, uh, uh, some more reviews coming in. It's the single most important thing you guys can do, uh, for the podcast is leave a review on iTunes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd really appreciate if you guys would do that. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews. And there's a little link there that you can click that takes you to iTunes, um, uh, for you to leave a review. I've explained in the past how it's, yes, it's a bit of a pain to do it, especially if you're not an iTunes, uh, user, uh, but like past, uh, uh, reviewers, uh, and I've explained on one of the episodes, uh, a past reviewer who uh, doesn't use iTunes went above and beyond and left a review because of the uh, amount of value that he felt he got from the podcast. Um, you know, it just, uh, uh, I really appreciate, uh, when guys, uh, will, uh, uh, go above and beyond uh, for the podcast like that. Uh, it just really lets me know that you guys uh, appreciate the content, um, that I'm providing. So uh, that's it for this week. Uh, Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.